You may be seated. Uh, as, uh, as, our, our, as our rules of engagement always are, there's microphones that are um, stationed uh, strategically in the uh, lane here. And if you have a comment, just please raise your hand, uh, wait to be acknowledged, and then we'll, of course, want to be blessed by what it is that the Lord will have you to say to us tonight. Uh, our Bible study lesson is coming from the book of Ephesians. And so for those of you that may not have been aware, um, we'll give you an opportunity to get to your Bibles or whatever uh, mechanism you use uh, to get to Ephesians chapter 1. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and get started with a little historical background about uh, the book of Ephesians, and uh, we'll go from there. The author of Ephesians twice identifies himself as Paul. You'll see him introduce himself in uh, verse 1 of chapter 1, and then he reintroduces himself again in verse, chapter 3, verse 1, as Paul. The early church accepted the book of Ephesians as being written by Paul. The Apostle Paul stated at Ephesus, which was the capital of the province of Asia, for almost three years. While there, he was in prison. It is believed that he wrote the book of Ephesians while he was in prison. The book of Ephesians was written to teach and instruct the recipients on how to live a heavenly life in a hellish world. The book is written for the corporate church. In every chapter, you will see the word church or a synonym for the word church. Although it was written to the church corporately, it is beneficial to us individually. The book of Ephesians is comprised of six chapters. The first three chapters deal with doctrine. The final three chapters deal with duty. The first three chapters deal with spiritual content. The final three chapters deal with spiritual conduct. One key thing in the, in the book of Ephesians is the unity of the family of God by Jesus Christ. I want you to know, uh, hopefully you got a favorite passage or a favorite book, but the book of Ephesians for me is my favorite book of all the books in the Bible. The first chapter of Ephesians teaches about spiritual blessings. Somebody say spiritual blessings. Hence tonight's topic, come get your blessings. I want to go ahead and put out the note the blessings have already been given by God. You and I have to learn how to walk in them. Yes. I'm trying not to get excited, Brother Willie. The blessings have already been given, Major. But you and I have to learn, Brother Anthony, how to walk in the blessings that have already been given to us. So let us begin. Again, the mics are strategically placed throughout the sanctuary. 
I'll be reading Ephesians 1, verses 1 and 2, out of the New American Standard Version. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 1, we see Paul introducing himself as the author of the letter. He speaks to his credentials and his authorization to do so. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. An apostle refers to a person who has been sent. The designation of an apostle in the early church was reserved for the disciples who served with Jesus Christ. It was reserved for those who served with Jesus Christ. Paul, however, was converted after Jesus' death. So in this letter, Paul reminds some and informs others that he is an apostle of Jesus by the will of God Paul is letting us know he is called and sent by God. Let me say this up front. Credentials and authorizations matter, especially when it comes to spiritual things. Let me say that one more time. Credentials and authorization matters when it comes to spiritual things. Because if you don't know where the authorization comes from, you can be misled into some areas that you don't need to go into. So Paul is letting you know, hey, listen, I am an apostle, but I am called by God. Oh, that's important. Paul said the will of God, God's will. Listen. This is the secret for a strong and effective Christian life, God's will. The performance of Christian service according to God's will will guarantee you, y'all better hear me, it will guarantee you God's presence and power in your life. If you are moving major based on God's will, God will not let you fail. If you are walking to what he's told you to do, glory, there is no failure in what you're going to do because there is no failure in God. <laughs> so, so, so once you, it's, it's imperative that you when, you, when you start doing things, that you are in line with God's will. You know, back in the day, I never used to understand it, Major, the old, older people, now I'm old, so I, gotta, I guess I'm included in that too. But they always say, if it be God's, <laughs> if it be God's will. And at first I used, you know, I, I used to look back, but now I get the understanding. If it be God's will. Paul then identifies who this letter is to. This is imperative that you, when you read the Bible, Brother Herb, 
that there are some passages that are not applicable to everybody. There are some passages that are applicable to a specific group, and that is the case here as we go into this letter. Paul identifies the somebody. The somebodies are to the saints. This letter ain't written to unbelievers, Herb. It's written to God's saints, to the saints who are at Ephesus and are who are faithful to Christ Jesus. This letter is to the saints at Ephesus, but it's also to the saints here striving for perfection ministry. It, it, it was written to Ephesus, but Sister Shirley is written to you too. It's written to you, Sister Joyce. It's written to you, Mother Vernica. It's written to you, Dre. Oh, yes, it is. It's written to the saint. Don't let that word saint get you thrown off course. You know, back in the day, you know, and, 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 and it's even more prevalent in today's time, uh, Sister Pam, folk don't want to be called saints. <laughs> they, for some reason, folk don't want to be called saints. But in this particular usage of the word saints, God is not talking about your personal merits. <laughs> you didn't, Sister, Sister Shirley, you didn't earn the right to be called a saint. You, you can't earn the title of saint. He was letting them know or reminding them they were saints simply because they belong to him. Listen, <laughs> you, Sister Beth, you, Brother Anthony, you, Sister Glory, are a saint, and it has nothing to do with your merit. You don't have to be perfect to be a saint. You just got to accept and belong to him. And that's all he's identified. Every member in here, everybody under the sound of my voice, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you belong to God and you are a saint. And you should wear your hat proudly. <laughs> Listen. It is an honor and privilege to belong to God. The God, the person who created everything, spoke it into existence, and he allows you to be his prized possession. And I want you to know, you are in the minority. But because you're in God, you are in the majority. Because he owns, Sister Pam, everything. You are saint. Somebody say, I'm a saint. Say it like you believe it. Amen. Yes, you are. He says in verse 2, Sister Almanita, grace and peace to you from God our Lord, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul offers them 
Sister Gloria, grace and peace, not from him, but from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing more needful in the world today than a little bit of grace. Y'all better hear me. Grace is simply nothing but unmerited favor. Grace is nothing but unmerited favor. It's free and undeserved mercy. Oh, y'all better hear me. Listen, you get mercy, but you didn't deserve it. <laughs> There's some things that you've done, Herb, in your life that you deserve justice, but he gave you mercy and grace. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my wife told me I get preaching, so I'm trying to calm down. Y'all pray for me. But I get excited when God reveals to me some, some truths, Herb, that used to be a mystery, and then he makes them plain to me. And then he allows me to share them with my brothers and sisters because I want us to walk lockstep into the spiritual blessings that God has called us to. Because he ain't talking, brother, uh, brother Major, he ain't talking to individuals. He's talking to the church in this letter. Who's the church? Say it again, Brother Anthony. We are the church. Quit looking at the buildings. <laughs> you the church. The church is wherever you go. That's why you can impact whatever area you in. You can be in the mall and be in church. You can be, uh, 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 the boundaries, there is no boundaries because you are the church. He says, and peace. <laughs> oh, man, can I get a little peace? See, peace without grace there can be no peace. Y'all better hear me. Peace is a fruit of grace. How do I know this? See, once you know who you belong to, once you know that you belong to God and that he can he cares about you, your every need, your every situation. It'll bring you some peace in the midst of a storm. <laughs> How do I know this? Because Paul, hey, brother, brother Major, when he was in a tight, when he had a whole lot of stuff going on in his life, he cried out to God. God, God, you God, help me. God said, hey, hold on. My grace. It's sufficient for you. Once, he, once, once, once God told him that, they said, Paul just took a step back. All right. Woo! Then bring it on. And that's what you and I can, can understand, sister, our mother Eliza. When God is providing grace, you can have peace in every circumstance. Yes, you can. You can have peace. Verse 3. Now listen. Let me slow down. 
Y'all haven't grabbed them mics now, because I've been known, to, they say I do too much talking. Okay, question. Question. So you say God can give you peace in a time of storm, but what if there's somebody that do know the Lord, that do have a relationship with God, but their peace is troubled? How can you help that person? How can you minister to that person when their peace is troubled? Well, there's many ways. One of the things that, I, you know, and again, that's where faith comes in. See, see, you got to get to the point, and, and this is what I would share to them if this was a friend I'm talking to. You got to get to the point when you trust God more than what you see. <laughs> that's what faith's all about. Yeah, I know you see chaos, but do you trust God more than what you see? Because God don't say you can have peace only sometimes. He can give it to you. Only he can give it to you. Verse 3. Blessed be God, the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let's talk about their word blessed. Blessed is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus, God the Father and the Lord of our Jesus Christ. What does it mean to bless God? What does it mean to bless God? To bless the name of God it means to speak well of him, to praise him, to worship him, to celebrate him for what he has done and what you trust him to do in your life. God deserves to be praised. He deserves to be worshipped. He deserves to be blessed. My question to us that we have to always consider is when is the last time we blessed him? <laughs> it should be something that's constantly on our lips. Every time you turn around, you're telling somebody how good God is. I believe that if we bless God more, we'll see more manifestations of God working in the earth. Oh, y'all better hit me. If we talked about God more, if we put him at the centerpiece of all of our conversations, you'll see some transformations in this world. The problem, I believe, is that we don't bless him enough, Adrian. <laughs> We're talking about all manner of things. <sighs> Having good conversations, and, and, and for some, there's a probability that they've went a whole day without blessing the name of God. How does that happen? To be a Christian and not to bless God one time throughout a 24-hour period. Ah, I'm talking to myself, Major. To bless God. Paul says, God, look at this. Did y'all read that? 
He says, God has done everything he's ever going to do for the believer. Let me read that again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Y'all didn't catch that one, did you? Blessed means he's already... <laughs> he, he, he ain't getting ready to bless you. He's already blessed you. He, he's not going to add any more blessings. All the blessings that he has for you, he's already deposited them. The challenge is, do you know how to access them? Do you know how to get to them? Do you know what to do to see God's blessing manifested in your life? Oh, that's what hey, somebody said, tell us. That's what Paul getting ready to do. <laughs> that's what, hey, I'm glad, Paul said, on behalf of Paul, I'm glad you asked that question. <sighs> yes, ma'am. Oh, okay, okay, I just thought you was just, I thought you was in the spirit over there. Give, give, her, give, her, give her a microphone. Praise God. Uh, this morning, after I got off this prayer line, you know, with my sister now, I, I go for a walk every morning. And I was just walking down the street. I would have had my hands up. I said, Lord, I bless you this day. I thank God for where you brought me from and what Crazy. you gave me. Because I was thinking about where I came from, hmm. what I didn't have. The life that I lived, E.D. lived, Woo. and the life I live now. Even I thanked him for the possessions Praise. that he gave me. Yeah. He brought me out of poverty so I can bless somebody else. Mm, mm, mm. It was a lady on this prayer line this morning. She was having financial difference. It's about 30 something on this prayer line. I don't even know her. I can't even call her name. I forget it. But I, you know, the question was, what was her cash amp? Immediately, months later, I got on my cash app and I sent her a financial blessing. Mm. I remember the times that I couldn't do that. Mm. But I praise God where he brought me from. And I can think about that song, look where the Lord brought me from. Amen. I just don't, you know, I can sit here and tell you because I can show you. Mm. Talk is cheap. Mm. But I can show you, you know, the things that he's done for me. You know, like people can say, you know, God going to bless me. God going to, okay, he already done bless me. Amen. When I walked out of who I was mm. and to who I am now, he already blessed me. Amen. Whatever he do, that's him. Because mm. he's a God of all creations. Amen. That's when I bless God every day. Amen. People be looking at me whilst I'm walking, but I have my stick, what I'm walking with, up in the air in my hand, too. People be passing me, they think I'm waving at them. But I be thanking God for who he brought me from. I thank him for all the tests. You know, I had a, they said I had a bad heart week before yeah, last, yeah, three yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. But I took this colonology, uh, electrocolorogram thing, so I got my results back. My heart is good. They did a bone density test. Mm, they mm, thought mm. my bones were, he told me I had the bones of a young woman. Woo! You know, and then my knees were Testify. bad. My knees was bad. And uh, he told me I had some kind of uh, something. Anyway, uh, I said, Lord, 
I'm going for them to do this exploratory Amen. exam. And I say, you meet me there. I say, I'm, t I'm not taking you with me. You're going to meet me there. Amen. And when I got there, they found out what was wrong. Mm. The problem was corrected. God gave that doctor wisdom mm. for him to find out what was wrong with me. I even text, I was so excited, I text pastor. And I told him, I said, I'm good to go now. I am good to go. And hey. I thank God for everything he did for me. Amen. Everything. Man, Miss Delman got to testify and blessing. In First of all, hey, you know, if we look back on our lives, we all can find instances where God has blessed us. He's brought us all from a mighty long way. I enjoy every piece of her testimony. The one part I enjoyed the most, Adrian, was say she was be walking on her cane, and all of a sudden she'll think about what God did, and she'll be waving her cane up in the air. Don't even, don't, don't even realize <laughs> she ain't using the cane. She's supposed to be. That God is a powerful God, ain't he, Brother Major? All right. So he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing, Sister Barbara, right? And here in heavenly places, blessed means he's already there. How many of you have ever been on a Zoom call? Zoom call, okay. So, so I want you to show you something when he's talking about this spiritual blessing in heavenly places, but I want to make it real to you, right? So on a Zoom call, this is how it works, right? When you are in a Zoom call, you're in two places at one time. Y'all didn't know that, did you? <laughs> See, what, what, prayer, what, what has happened to me now, man, because I, I, I'm on Zoom all the time. I'm sitting at my desk, but if you're looking at me, I'm in your, operating in your living room. <laughs> Spiritual blessings in heaven. See, you got to understand as a Christian, you can be in two places at the same time. Oh, Lord, y'all didn't catch that with this. You got access to heaven while you are here on. <laughs> y'all, see, see, the reason a lot of us don't walk in the power and mighty of God, we don't realize that we got access. God wants you to know you got access to heaven, and he wants you to bring heaven down to earth. Oh, y'all. <laughs> see, you can major. I'm trying not because, you know, y'all always talking about I'm cocky. So I'm trying not to be cocky. I'm just confident. See, I know that I got access to heaven, Deb. And I don't, I, and I don't shy away from my access. <laughs> God, you says you have given me spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I need those blessings here in my situation right now. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. He's trying to teach us. You're going to see here in a little bit, there are some Christian folk that are walking in their spiritual malnutrition simply because they don't know how to get it. It's there. Yes, it is. It's there, sister. Uh, Mother Liza, 
I'm going to use something you share with me. I Hopefully, you don't get in trouble. I, I remember when I first met Mother Liza. She shared something with me. I said, Lord, help my faith. <laughs> I said, because this woman got great faith. I, I, I've been preaching for I don't know how long. I talked to Mother Liza. She just talking. And I said, oh, my goodness. She got great faith. I never forget this one time she told she said, "Hey, one day, mother, again, it was it stuck to me to this day. She said, one day, I was hungry. <laughs> Y'all better hear me. And she reached into heaven and talked to God. God said, "Put." A pot on the stove, turn the water on. <laughs> See, most of y'all don't realize that's access. Most of y'all be like, wait, 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 wait. You, you would have waited. I ain't going to do it. What, why am I going to do that? Before the water got hot, <laughs> the doorbell rang, and food was that out of You got access to heaven. And when you call in earnest, God will reply and respond if you believe. If you believe. You have access. Verse number four. And here is blessing number one. Just as he chose us, somebody said chose us. You got to believe you was chosen. Just as he chose us, who is the cho- who, who are we talking about now? The who is the he? When, in that ver- verse, I said, just as he chose us, who do you believe that he is? Okay. It's important that you know who it is that chose. Now, now, now I believe that y'all know that Jesus is what? All powerful, right? So, So here's what he says. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless in him, before him, in love. Spiritual blessings are accessible because God chose you, drafted you before the foundation of the world and provided them to you. God, see, see Gloria, you got to understand something. God created you for him. See, a lot of times we don't, God, he could have, he could have, Greg, he could have created anything, but he created you for him. And that's the way you got to look. He created you for him, for, for his pleasure. God said, hey, I'm going to create somebody named Adrian Daniels because I want her to bring me pleasure. <laughs> 
See, see, once you look at it like that, Anthony, you realize that you are a special somebody. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because a lot of times I think Christians think they're average, but you ain't average. Not if you know who you, you belong to. When we pursue his pleasure, Sister Barbara, when we pursue his pleasure, we position ourselves. Y'all know how it is to get in a position, right? We position ourselves to experience God's blessing when we position ourselves. See, a lot of times you can't receive a blessing because you're out of... <laughs> You supposed to be over here, but you're all the way over there. All the blessings just flying, they, they, they just falling. I mean, they, hey, Jennifer, they just all over the place. But you, <laughs> you, you, you out of reach. But when you know that you have been chosen, you can walk in it. Verse 5 and 6. Questions? That's all right. Made you look like you were getting ready to say something. Okay, okay. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to him. What? He predestined us. I'm sorry, I should have silent. That's my mom. He predestined us to adoption as sons. Now, that son is talking about all of us. It's a female, I mean, it's a gender-neutral term in this particular path. He's talking about his people. According to the kind intentions of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Just think about that. You've been adopted. You've been adopted. But just not into any family. <laughs> the family. Now, I, I know some of y'all, y'all, you know, y'all, y'all look at all these people on TV and say, man, I wish I had been born in that family. I, because you see the bling bling or whatever they look like they got going on. But I want you to know you've been adopted into the best family going. <laughs> you've been adopted into the family of God. And see, here's the thing about being adopted into the family of God, Sister Vernica. God, when he adopts you, you adopt it. You get the same rights and privileges as the person who was born into the family. <laughs> you get the same rights and privileges as his son. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> uh, see, 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 I know it. You got to look at it from the spiritual perspective because I know maybe some of y'all know some, some kids who have been adopted and they get treated differently. Not, not, not in God's family. 
You and I, we get the same rights and privileges as the ones who were born. That's why, that's why even as Gentiles, we get the same rights and privileges as the... Oh, yes. God has adopted us into his family. But... Yes, go ahead, Brother Hurt. I just want to, as you... Uh, Paul has wrote this, this letter, mm -hmm. this verse. It just, a couple of things that came to me, it says, before the foundation. Before the foundation. I mean, and it was always, then it's predestined. Before, even before I'd existed. God, his thought before he made the creation of this world, I was already in him. Hurt, 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 moan up. And so. Go, wait a minute, hurt, because I, I got to pick off your point, because that was a good point. Amen. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I just, it just again, you know, as, as. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As the letter Paul's writing to the saints, as you already identified, Amen. he's talking to us, talking to me, and to, re to re emphasize who I am, who I belong to. Mm, mm, mm. And just, again, it just, like you said, can get excited oh, yeah, to, uh, to understand uh, what this letter and what he's saying and what it meant and who God for thee. Her, her, her brought up, uh, you almost got me excited. I'm glad, I'm glad you put I'm, me I'm back in. Because when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. See, a lot of times we think that God created the earth and then he thought about us. But that ain't how it really happened. God thought about you and then he created the, the world. <laughs> he said, listen. Mother Eliza, I'm thinking about you, so let me put a world so she can be in. <laughs> and the purpose was, as Herb is alluding to, so eventually you can bring glory and honor to him in the earth. See, see, <laughs> Herb, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That, that's how it works. God, Sister Linda, before he created the heavens and the universe, you was on his mind. Man, Brother Greg, I don't know about you, when I think of it like that, woo it makes me feel good know that God, I wasn't an afterthought. I was his first thought. You was his first thought, his people. He talking as Herb is saying. So good. Thank you, Herb. You got anything else, any, any other nuggets you wanted to drop? Just the emphasis, knowing that to made it happen, it was his son. Oh, absolutely. It's Christ. No, you can't, you can't discount that. It's, they all, it's all about Christ. It's all about what he did. What he did. Amen. Man. All right. As Herb was said, we are blessed 
blessed because he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ. Her wanted us to make sure we did not lose the focus that Jesus Christ was the centerpiece for all of the things that we enjoy. In this particular verse, and we're going—I know this is going—it going—it may—it uh, may start some discussion because that word predestined gets a lot of people caught up, right? In this particular verse, Paul introduces us to the mysterious doctrine of election. How many of you heard of the doctrine of election? Okay. Well, that's good. Then you know it ain't mysterious to you. But because a lot of people say, when they hear that word predestined, wait a minute, wait a minute, that, that can come across Wait a minute. How did I get in? And how, how did so and so didn't get in? But since y'all ain't asking the question, I ain't gonna answer it. <laughs> see, see, so, 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 so let's talk about it. God, as Herb alluded to, predestined from the foundation of the world to save a people. Somebody say people. Because this letter is to the church. Corporate. He decided before the world was formed that he would save a people who would be the centerpiece of his grace. So in other words, he said, hey, I'm going to create a world and I am going to create, I'm going to have a group of people who will be the centerpiece for me. Y'all know what a centerpiece is, right? You know, when I, when I, when I, when, in my house, in my mom, when we grew up, she, the best thing we had was sitting out in the center. <laughs> the best, she put out, it's called the centerpiece. When you walked in there, all focus was on that. God created a people who would be the centerpiece so that the whole world could see those people and give God the glory and the honor for their behavior. That's key. God is looking at you, me, Adrian, Vernica, Deborah, Miss Thelma to be the centerpiece for him in the earth. He, he, he chose a group of people. He said, hey, these people who accept my son Jesus. Yeah. Oh, get, get a mic, sir. Get a mic. That was my question. So he chose you, but but you have to accept salvation right. to the, be the, to be called the chosen, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what, in this particular, he's talking election, which is is a big difference. He said, "Hey, listen, 
I'm going to select a group of people. These people have to accept my son, Jesus Christ. That's what you're saying. Yeah, okay, so how was it predestined then? Because did, did Christ know whether or not the people he chose would, would accept salvation? So how, how is it predestined? If you, if you don't accept salvation, then are you not chosen? Let me, let me, let me, I'm, 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 let me, let me re, re-emphasize this one because I knew, man, I wish you hadn't brought, because it's a good one. He chose a group of people that he knew would accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's the curriculum for being in this elect group. You got to choose Jesus Christ. Now, your question is, did he know? God knows all. <laughs> huh? I mean, he knows all things. I mean, he gives us free will. I, I get that. I understand that. He gives us free will so in that way because he could have made everybody good. But he didn't determine you to do it. He knew that you what you were going to do or not to do. Let's just say, okay, I was chosen and I didn't accept salvation. He, he just knew that I would because he gave me free will. He said, okay, go out there. No, he knew you. if, if, if you didn't accept, you weren't going to get chosen. So, so what is predestination about then? Huh? What is predestination? That means, that means. Let, let, let me just, let me just speak to you. God knew because of his infinite wisdom that one day, can I, can I, you know, I'm just you, what you, that Major Hines was going to turn from his doggish ways. He knew it before you was born. Okay, yeah. So, so you are in the elect group. Right. But what about the people that, that don't accept salvation? He knew that too. The choice is on them. <laughs> God knows all things. He, listen, he, he, Greg, you chose, he knew you were going to choose. He didn't make you choose it. But he knew you was going to choose it. If that makes sense. It, it does. Okay. No, I'm just, I, I mean, Anybody else? Yeah, I, that's why I try to stay away from it. He, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, just I'm just trying to understand. If it was predestined, what if, what if you don't choose salvation? See, but you can, Go ahead, Pastor, I want to talk to you. See, you're thinking from a natural me or Willie, but you, we, we talking about God. Okay, yeah. can I say Go read this scripture, Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you was born, I set you apart. Mm. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So before, when you was in your mom's womb, God knew that you would be chosen. God knew that you were going to be doing what you are in position to do now, as you are doing. Pastor, you want to uh, add to Yeah, I think what, what the problem is made as, as, you know, God's creation in the human, with our human mind, this is one of those things hard to wrap our mind around, but we have to look at it from God's point of view. And I think that's what Minister Latham is trying to get us to see. It's almost like walking through that door. There may be a sign over that door that says, whosoever will, let him come. 
all of us see that sign, God already know who's going to go through the door. Mm. But on the other side of the door, the sign says, chosen from the beginning. But you don't see that sign. All you see is the invitation to come. And so when you get any deeper than that in the predestination, then it can make it look like God capriciously sit in heaven and say, I'm going to choose major, leave Latham out. I'm going to choose this one, leave that one out. And that's not kind of, I don't think that's how God operates. He give us that, that choice. Appreciate that, Bishop. Hold on a minute there. Hold on. Go, hold on. Come God, on, PK. Uh, if it's predestined, right, and God knows, then why do we go out to witness? Why don't we go what? Why do we go out to witness? Why don't we go out? Yes, why do we witness to other people? See, I'm going along with major stuff because, you know, it's like, hey, God knows. Because you don't know, don't. but you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You know, hey, listen, that guy who witnessed to me, he could have quit. Because when he came to me, I, I cussed him out. <laughs> that was before my Jesus days, man. Listen, man, I ain't going to stop doing what I was. I was too deep in my sin. I know everybody can't be transparent like L. I ain't always been the guy I am today. I was deep down dirty. I see you, sister. Get, get those two mics. Did somebody have to witness to you? Get it, give, give it to the, the, the young lady in the purple hat and then to the sister in the... You, you good? The purple hat. Somebody, somebody, somebody get on the mic. They want to put you on the recording. All right. Um, how do we understand being chosen, but then again, we have free will? So was Pastor saying that's because he predestined us before? Like those, he's, he knows that he's all-knowing God, right? So he knew before he made us what we were going to do, but how, does, how do we understand that we're chosen, but we have free will still? Well, he, he knew that you were going to exercise your will to choose him. Right, he knew that, but how does how do we understand being chosen? Because I feel like I'm stuck. What Mr. Major said, we understand that God is all knowing and He knew what we were gonna do, but are we chosen because we chose Him also? Yeah, you're you're chosen. Oh, okay, yeah. Now you now I'm on fire. You're chosen because you chose Him, and you're now in the elect group of people that He chose. So it's mutual, right? Is it mutual? We have to choose him? Because before we were in our mother's womb, right, he chose us, right? And he knew what we were going to do. But does that mean that we have free will if he's already chosen us? Yeah. I say, yeah, I say yes. You, you have free will. But he knew what you were going to do before you did it. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. So his chosen people are the ones that he already knew were going to choose him. That's what chosen people mean, right? The ones that he knew were going to cho choose him back. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I get, and I appreciate that. Like Pastor said, it's one of those hard ones because w w Greg got to go ahead, Greg. Greg. Just to kind of piggyback on that, if I may reflect, it was either January 2000, 2001, Pastor did a sermon about making a vow. And this was before I accept Christ. I didn't think about making that choice that I would accept Christ that particular day. But Pastor made a, had this uh, sermon about making a vow. Okay, if you're making a vow, if 
you hold your part, God is obligated to see through the vow that you made with him. Now, going through that process, I made the choice to accept Christ. I lived, you know, a godly life up to a point where I did not live a godly life anymore. It caused, you know, my marriage, separated from my kids and so forth, where I started another life. And started that other life again, I was not living a godly life mm. up until just, you know, to be honest, say about six, seven months ago that it just came to the point that, hey, look, what you're doing is not working. So again, I made that choice. Mm. I made that choice just like you said, that Jesus had already gave us that opportunity. It was just up to me to accept if mm. I'm going to uh, become a member of the body, be, as you were saying, predestined. So God already knew these peaks and valleys that was going to occur in my life. Now, I didn't know. He knew but, all of it. But he knew. So here I am, you know, hoping that I can pray, praying every day <laughs> that, okay, that I maintain Amen. on this ascent that I don't descend again. Amen. 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 So once again, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's all right. Go ahead. Life is choice driven. You can choose to go out and do what you want to do. But, however, if God has already predestined you to be amongst the elect, oh, you're going to make a choice to come and be a part of this elect group. Oh, you're going to get to that point. Something going to come your way. Something going to cross your pathway. So choose your will. But if God wants you to do his will, oh, you coming to the uh, elect group. And, and, and glory, glory hitting the head. God said he chastises those he loves. So, Greg, sometimes we got to go out there and he got to let us experience the whip, whip it. Go ahead, man. Oh, no, major for that. Once again, no, 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 as, no, as I said in Jeremiah, God knew you when you was in your mom's womb. All right, brother, Sister Glory. So, so maybe I'm reading too much into the word chosen there. But so the Jews were God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So were we included in that? Yeah, remember he said, hey, we're adopted into it. Remember, remember, that's the whole purpose of what I said, and we get the same rights and privileges as those. Yeah, but through adoption, though. But, but he said, you are my chosen people, so... He chose them, but we were adopted, right? I mean, is, is, that, is, that, is that the same? It's not the same. Is it the same? Or is it the same? Somebody? I mean, is it the same? Because, right, am I, am I, am I reading too much into chosen? Because he said the Jews are the chosen. They're, they're the chosen people, but... We're okay. adopted. It's, no, like we're, it's like we're stepchildren, but we got no, to no, 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 no. I already, I already touched that yeah, one. But that's just, that's just something I'm saying. But we're saying, the, I, I, am I reading too much into being chosen? Yes. I, yes. I, I think you are, Major. Okay. The, the, when when, when okay. you look at the Jews, just look at it from the standpoint of when God went to Abraham first. He chose them to get his word first. They, was, they had inspiration of who God was. They had all the knowledge before everybody else. But because they had that knowledge, they did not always do what God wanted to do. 
them to do. But God always had it. When you read the prophets, there was always a plan for the Gentiles to be saved. We were not an afterthought. It's just the Jews did not think we were supposed to be a part of that plan. And so that's why when Paul talked about this and teach it, he teach it, teach it as we are part of the family because of the spirit of adoption. But an adopted child got all the same rights and privileges as a full-born child. And so that we, so I don't look at myself as a doctor. I'm in the family. Yes. You know, and, and everything he promised them, that promise, like, like Ella saying, everything is already in heavenly places. And the thing about it, and, and, and thank you, Pat, because, see, a lot of times, and I'm getting hit in my note, a lot of times we have, you know, we, we, you know when you see the term mystery, don't mean it's mysterious. It just means that God hadn't revealed to you what he wants you to know at that particular time. What pastor's saying, God, from the beginning, he already knew the plan. But he don't reveal it until he feels like it's time to reveal it. Okay, I, I get it. Don't stone me. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, hey, hey maybe, listen. Maybe, we, we know that you ask the questions that everybody else want to ask. <laughs> No, no, I, I, I apologize. I, I ain't mean to throw. Mason, I ain't going to call your name. That's what make, make me think. All right. And yes, but great and question, I, sister. Oh. Great coming. Great. Okay, okay. And I just wanted to, want to add that, you know, uh, you know, we serve an almighty God. And almighty. His word is inspired, but, you know, by the Holy Spirit. So as children of God, uh, you know, there are some things that we won't understand. God said, you know, where were you when I formed the, the earth? You know, he's almighty God. You know, he's omnipotent, uh, omnipresent, um, all-knowing. So there are some things that we might not understand or know, but just know because the word of God says it, it is true. Mm. And how it came about, just know that we are chosen and that it was done. He already knew it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. And see, see, Deborah, Deborah is kind of leans like I do. But I understand there are going to be some other folks out there that you're going to have to, you're going to, have to try to do your, 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 your best to kind of explain it to them. I mean, you ain't, you ain't got to try to come. Not you, just, not you, Major, not you. I just under, not, didn't understand. No, 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 no. I have questions. No, 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 not you, Mike. I'm talking about you. Going, there are some people. You're talking about the devil. <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> I'm saying there are going to be some people that, that, that Major, there are going to be some people that you, you may talk to that may. Go ahead, Pastor. I, I just want to say, Major, don't feel bad because. This is a, a topic that theologians don't agree on. That's right. Everybody has interpreted this different ways and what pre, predestined means. Some people say God would not sit up there and just pick and choose like that. So we're never going to all out. I don't think everybody's going to see it the exact same way, but I like what Deborah said. We have to, by faith, trust God and believe that he knows what he's doing. And so we, there's some things in this word in our natural mind going to be hard to comprehend, but you, he made the same statement in Romans when he said all things work together for the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And then he says that those who he foreknew, that's another one, he predestined. And people say, what? So we, I just take the word that he knew me before I knew him. And I said, I'm going to choose him. And he said, okay, you was already on the team. You, you're part of that chosen. You're part of that elite group like 
And again, and thank you, Pastor. I, I, I'm going to give you a scripture that I think may help you out too, right? And I know glory. You know, like I said in the Bible, mystery is not something mysterious and difficult to understand. Rather, it is a truth that has been locked up in God's plan until he was ready to reveal it to man. When the time came, he unlocked that truth and opened it up to man. A mystery is a truth revealed by God that has never been known. So now I'm going to give you this scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, 7. Here's what it says. No, the wisdom we speak of is this mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for all our ultimate glory before, the world began. And so again, it alludes to all the things that the pastor said, Gloria said, Herb said, but I just wanted to read that to your piece, right? Great question, great feedback. Verse 11. Furthermore, we, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. So blessing number six is an inheritance, right? For he chose us in advance. We already talked about it. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. So in the theological sense, as it's important for us to know what inherit means, in, inherit, to inherit or inheritance means. It's one of those gifts where they refer to in theological terms as an irrevocable gift. It means that God has given you a gift and he ain't going to take it. Right, But the emphasis is on the special relationship between the giver and the recipient, right? So the emphasis is on God and the people he's giving it to. So the question now is, what is our inheritance? Question, what, what do you think your inheritance is? Huh? Yeah, you saying it, mother. You 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 saying it under your breath, but you got it. You 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 spot on. Give 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 her the mic, cause cause that's important. Give her the mic. Eternal life. Eternal life. See you you may see you got to believe that you no matter what comes or may, you have the. You have this irrevocable gift that you're going to spend life everlasting with God. I mean, forever, ever, ever. <laughs> Those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ, we can stand, it's a guarantee, Mother, that you, at the end, when it's all said and done, you will be with God. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. That's what she, like, as Deborah said, man, you know, that's some shouting music. Yeah. Listen, hey, hey, all these things I'm going, going on in my life right now, in the end, I got an irrevocable gift. And see, and, and you want to latch on to that, but God wants you to know that, hey, you can have some, some, some power while you're waiting on getting to that part. See, that's the problem, that, 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 that's why he's sharing it. He don't want you 
Mother Liza, Mother Thelma, Sister Anima, Miss um, um, Renika, my sister in the back. He don't want you to wait to, to the by and by before you realize what you got access to. You know, a lot, back in the old days, I heard they used to tell, hey, just, just grin and bear it and just know in the end you're going to make it to heaven. But God said you can have some heaven here on. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, if you if you fall in the line, you can have some heaven right here on <laughs> on earth. Verse twelve. God was the was that the that we the Jews were the first to curse in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. Right. Verse 12, and we've already talked about the reason God makes us inherit is because he wants us to exist to show the praise of his glory and to exalt his son, Jesus Christ. We talked about living in heaven. Blessing number seven, God has sealed you. See, y'all got to understand, you've been sealed. And, and, and see, a lot of times I think we don't fail to realize how important sealing is. So we're going to look at it in here. And here he says, in verse 13 and 14, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, somebody says truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who has given us a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Here's what he's saying here. Whosoever hears and believes the gospel of Jesus Christ is sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. Back in the biblical days, they used to seal the official documents because they, they, they were very important. They would put them, you know, sometimes in a letter, sometimes in a box, but then they would seal that bad boy. Shut. And then they would write their name on it. The only person who was authorized to open that was the person who sealed it. <laughs> God wants you and I to know that you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit that he gave you. That seal lets you know that the ownership is his. You belong to him. He gave it to you as a pledge. Y'all better hear me. What does a pledge do? It's a promise of a future payment. <laughs> That's what they do. You, you, you know, it's a down payment. How many of you ever get? You, you know, I, I grew up poor. My, my folk didn't never buy us right off right. They would put it on layaway. <laughs> they go up and, you know, they had them store, you put it on layaway, and you pay a little bit by lit until you, and then one day when you pay the full, they had a story called Gaylords and Giffers. Giff, Gaffers. They don't make them stores no more. But they were good at giving you some down payment, allowing you to, and, they, and, and they, what they do, they would put it in their major, and nobody else could get it. 
because you can pay a little loan. It's yours. Go ahead, Harry. Yeah. One of the things, you went back to Old Testament, and, and one right. of the things that brought to my attention was brought when reading back there, and you know, it was talking about Noah. Noah. Amen, Noah. When, when mm -hmm. Noah got uh, instruction to build the ark. Amen. He was faithful enough to go and do what God's called him to do. And in chapter 7, and that's what blew my mind when you talk about seal, when he comes in chapter 7, 16, he says, and then, and they went in and went male and female and all flesh as God has commanded. And it says, and the Lord shut them in. Mm. He sealed it. Mm. He sealed the ark. Mm. Amen. All right, her. He sealed the ark. Mm. That's like the Holy Spirit sealed us. Mm. He's just showing us oh, the Lord her. shut them in. Ooh. He sealed the family yeah. in the ark. That's good, her. I said, wow. Yeah. Wow. Sealed them in. Nothing could get to them. <laughs> All right, her. Amen. So in verses 15 to, and we're, gonna, we're doing great time. Of course, you know, we always invite discussion and conversation. In verses 15 through 23, Paul goes to great lengths to ensure the Ephesians know of their spiritual resource. It is imperative that as a Christian, you know what you have access to. So in verse 15, you know, here's, he goes, he's talking. For this reason, you know, he talks about, hey, I've heard about you. I'll just read it. For this reason, I too am, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints. And then he's talking about, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention you in my prayer. In other words, Paul, he, 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 he's, he's, he's encouraging them. And he's encouraging us. Hey, listen, I'd have heard about your faith, Adrian. I'd heard about your faith, uh, Armony. I'd heard about your faith, uh, Joyce. I've heard about it, and I pray for you. Uh, listen, man, I don't know about you, but I, I love when folk pray for me, especially if they got access to God. But after his excitement, he, 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 he started to tell them something. He tells them the content. Here's, so here's what he says in verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, you, give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation to the knowledge of him. First, you pray God will give them wisdom. We've already talked about wisdom, right? Listen, you, in order to navigate this life, this journey, you need wisdom. Y'all better hear me. Listen. Knowledge ain't enough. You got to have wisdom. Wisdom is when you can effectively apply a divine truth to the twists, turns, and dangers of everyday life. Listen, you're going to have, hey, you probably already spent some, but you're going to have some more, just, just, just so you know. I ain't trying to speak nothing into your life. <laughs> but you're going to have some twists, turns, and all kinds of stuff in your life. But you need to understand that God has given you, or Paul is praying that God will give you the wisdom so when those things come, that you'll know how to effectively navigate them. 
And, and, and so, and so, I, when, and that's the thing you got to say, Lord, I'm trusting you, your wisdom. I'm going to follow you, and you're going to tell me how to do it. But Paul also connects the ability to be wise with the knowledge of God. Oh, y'all got to catch that. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me make sure I be crystal clear on this. You can't be wise if you don't know God. <laughs> oh, I, listen, I, I know they got all kinds of books out there, and they'll tell you all kinds of stuff on what you should do. But if you don't know God, the one who created this life, there's no way you're going to be wise in this life. <laughs> there's no way. They are intertwined together. And so, again, as a Christian, if you want to listen, if you, hey, and, and see, and you ain't got to wait till you get old. So a lot of times people say, hey, wisdom, you got to get old. Sister, I don't know how old, but you look young. Hey, you can be wise, wise beyond your, 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 your age on earth if you put yourself in the knowledge of God. Listen, hey, there's some things that you can, some obstacles that you can maneuver that you ain't got to go through like me and Greg and, and, and Major if you know the knowledge and apply it to, to what God has told you. My challenge was I didn't have the knowledge. So I wasn't wise, Major. But that's okay. God still had chosen me, so I eventually got back, like, like what you did, we got back on track. But I'm just saying, young, as young as you are, you can avoid some of those obstacles that some of the old heads, that's a, that's a military term, old head, that means you've been around a little bit, <laughs> had to go through. Here's what Tony Evans said, and, and I like Tony Evans, I'm going to read. He said, trying to be wise without knowing God is like flying a plane without having an air traffic controller to help you navigate. Can you imagine that? You flying a plane and you ain't, you, you ain't got no access to the air traffic controllers who can see things that you don't. Hey, Major, you on the plane, you need to bank right. The reason you need to bank right, because if you keep straight, you're going to run into this other plane. But you can't. But the air, air traffic controller can see it. God can see things that you. Amen. He'll navigate around some things. He'll be like, hey, how, how about you? Have you ever went over like, thank you, Jesus, I didn't even see it. <laughs> I didn't even see it. That's God, that's God navigating for you. Verse 18, this is going to be our, our focus fast that Adrian gave us. Verse 18, Ephesians 1, 18, y'all, uh, focus fast. All right. And so I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Here's what I want us to understand. A lack of awareness. Y'all know what awareness is, right? A lack of awareness about what's available to you in the family of God can cause you to miss out on some things that are intended for you. Just simply because you don't know. 
So what Paul was saying, hey, I want you to know so that you don't miss out on what is available to you. The same thing he's saying to us. Yeah, thank you, brother. Unfortunately, Adrian, there are many Christians who are living spiritually poor lives. They're sitting on a mountain of spiritual wealth, but they don't know it. And because they don't know it, they're not operating in the full access that God has provided to them. Verse 19. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Finally, Paul prays the Ephesians with understanding what the surpassing, some books say, is immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Notice he didn't say he wants them to know God's power, but he wanted them to know the immeasurable greatness of his power. Y'all got to catch that. The immeasurable means you can't measure it. You can't measure how powerful God is. There is nothing too hard for God. I, I, I know sometimes chaos come in our lives and we think, hey man, this, there is nothing too hard for God. Paul wants them to know that God can flip turn and twist the situations in our lives for, the be- for his betterment and for, for our betterment and his glory. He can take the twists and turns in your life, Greg, and make it better for you so that you can, people can see what he did in your life and get him the glory. Can you imagine that? Man, that, man look, I, Major, I imagine some folk that know you back in the day. And they look at you now, and they say, man, that must be a God. <laughs> That's giving God glory. God. That must be a God, because I knew that boy. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Major. I, 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 I use you, me and you cool. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not throwing stones at Major. I'm just used to calling Major name. All right? <laughs> I apologize. Uh, and I got that from Pastor. Pastor always calling your name, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. See, I go back to our point again. As a Christian, God did not create you to be an average human being. Listen, God created you because he knew that you could bring him glory. He has instilled and given you access to everything you need so that you can glorify him. And you don't glorify average, do you? <laughs> you ain't average. Verses 20 through 23. 47 seconds, but we're going to get there. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under subjection, in subjection under his feet, 
and he gave him as head over all things to the church, which is body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In these three verses, Paul says, some he gives you an idea of the power of God. And so let's look at it real quick. We, we, we gonna, give me two more minutes. It's the power of God in exercise Christ when he rose him from the dead. Now, y'all got to, y'all got, you, see, now, now when you look at this piece, you need to get a visual of how much power that takes to make a man come from the dead and rise him. Listen, no matter what you're going through, your situation ain't like that. You got breath in your air right now. God has the power to, and then he says, look at here, you got to catch this part right here. Seated at the right hand, right? So, so again, you got to understand that Jesus is now seated above every ruler, authority, power, and dominion. No matter who, the highest authority that you know, Jesus is above all of those. He put it all under his subjection. God has appointed his son. Put, let me reverse point two and three. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fulfillment, the fullness of him who fills in. God the Father has appointed his son as head over everything for the church, which is his body. Jesus Christ, the one who has dominion over all things, has only been given to the church. The church is who? You and me. Amen. Only the church operating under Christ's authority can give the world a picture of what life under God's authority looks like. Only you can show the world was God living on his authority life. When they look at you, they can say, man, that's how it works when you serve God. Amen. The more the church fulfills God's mission, the more the church will experience his presence and power in their lives. We're out of town. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. We thank you for your attendance. We thank you for your awesome comments.